0: Welcome spooks and spirits ghouls and ghosts take a seat around the campfire but beware this podcast is haunted
1: all right you want to do a put on a show hello my baby hello my Give him the, old Give him the old razzle dazzle razzle <laughs> dazzle!
0: Welcome to the show. Shut up! Did you just do that? I did. I hate it when you do that. Surprise start from the wind. Oh, you're the worst. Uh, All right. Well, as always, I'm Jen. That's Kate. She's mad at me, and this
1: this podcast is haunted. Welcome, everyone. I don't know why I'm friends with you. Neither do I. (laughs) Why? Why you're friends with you, or why I'm friends, or why you're friends with me? Both. Yeah, good for us. You want to be, just be perplexing friends until we're old and gray? Obviously. Okay. Cool. What was that dream you had about us the other day? We had houses. Mm-hmm. We had little houses side by side. And we had um, a little team of cats. and the A cats, team of cats? Yeah, there was like six cats. And they were both of our cats. And they just ran between our shared gardens. That's the dream right there. Uh, okay, so friends... Uh, Jen and I went to go see the new Downton Abbey movie Mm. early because we fancy I don't know if you knew so fancy (laughs) Um, and when uh, uh, Violet is sitting with uh, Mother Crawley. Isabel. Isabel, thank you. I should know her name. That's who I am. That's upsetting. It's who I am yeah. as a person. See, that's funny because I feel like most
0: people would assume that you're the Violet and I'm the Isabel, but I think it's the other way around. <laughs> I will endorse
1: that. I am absolutely... Anybody who's seen my Facebook yes. knows that I'm the yes. Isabel.
0: You are the indignant, righteous, like self-righteous, yeah. will fight any fight, yeah. and I will just sit
1: back and watch... Watch you and do whatever you want to do. Make mean comments about everyone. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, I am definitely like every who are you from Down to Nabby quiz ever has been like, oh, you Isabel. Yeah, and I was like, fucking right, you are. Yeah, you get to like question two, and they're like, never mind, we know. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> we'll give you what you want. We know that's or you'll fight us. Yeah. And they're right. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, we saw Down Abbey, and Jen and I are the old ladies together. So, <sighs> yay for us. It feels right. It does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. When I eventually murdered Dan and, I don't know, David falls into the ocean, I have <laughs> no idea. We can just be old together. Yeah. Dan will be festering in our back garden. You know what? I've made this joke now on public air. I'm telling you, this (laughs) will be played in court. If if Dan ever shows up missing, they're gonna be like, it was Kate. This is literally the second episode in a row that I've talked about murdering Dan. Oh no, take it out. Too much. (laughs) Too easy for the police. Um, speaking of murder. (laughs) Yeah. Do Do you you want to talk about our show? Yeah. There's a lot of murder on the Oregon Trail. The what? The Oregon Trail. I'm just going to get this out of the way right up top.
0: Kate insists because she's born and bred in the Midwest on saying Oregon. Which is the correct and friends, way. Friends, let me tell you, I have grown up saying, playing the Oregon Trail as well, but I have since met people from this state and have learned that they pronounce it Oregon.
1: I am trying to think if I know anybody from Oregon. Now, see, now ha, 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 I'm asking myself about it. <laughs> I hate that. I'm gonna f- waffle back and forth, and now I'm not gonna know which way's up.
0: Thanks. It's okay. You can continue to say Oregon, but just know that we know. <laughs> Well, Jen knows. I have no confidence in this matter. Well, you know. You just won't do
1: it. I don't know if I know anybody from that place. We're just leaning into our regional accents, and that's okay. I am from Wisconsin, and this is how things are in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. We actually have an Oregon, Wisconsin. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there you go. Um, All right, so uh, in case you guys, I don't know, blacked out there, we're talking (laughs) about the Oregon Trail today. Or, as Jen will tell you, the Oregon Trail it doesn't... I'm telling you, that's not... That can't possibly be right. There's too many vowels.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's just how it's pronounced. The Oregon Trail? No, no. not the Oregon Trail. The not,
1: Oregon Trail. I that doesn't even... Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm not going to, and that's what's life. All right. I tried, guys. I tried. I am very comfortable telling a whole state they're wrong, because I'm the Isabel. That is also a very violent thing to do, so... <laughs> All that's right.
2: me
0: telling you that you're wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so this is off topic uh, uh so i got into this because i have been at my new job
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh which i enjoy a great deal i'm at that point in my job where i'm competent enough to do some of the things Good. they can like give me a task and i'll do the task with reasonable success mm-hmm. but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have enough knowledge to have eight hours a day worth of stuff.
2: Mm. And
1: so sometimes mm-hmm. I wait. And in that time, I listen to audiobooks. Oh, so you listen to audiobooks? At work. Do when you tell I, when they get to that word. <laughs> the audiobook I'm listening to right now is called The Oregon Trail. Okay. Wait, what See? You? Did you want me to say The Oregon Trail? Yeah. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I'm not – it's not a trail for livers. Okay. (laughs) It's a trail for going to Oregon.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Anyway, uh, so the book I'm listening to is very similar. You guys know my literary boyfriend, Bill Bryson. Mm -hmm. Billy, do you hear me? I stole that right from Rosie O'Donnell. (laughs) Oh. I love him. He's my literary boyfriend. Neil Gaiman's my literary husband. Mm -hmm. That's my polyamory. that's my version yes anyway bill bryson hasn't done the oregon trail but this uh this new fellow who is very much in the flavor of bill bryson Mm -hmm. uh mixing in not only memoir but also history
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: the author's name is rinker buck no i know i know that's his real name no yep his real name is rinker buck okay (laughs) right doesn't he sound like i don't know a newsboy from the 1940s I was gonna go earlier, but yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, so he hey, say, say, do you want to buy some papes? Uh, say, <laughs> sir, it's me, Rinka. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely, that's possible. Um, but this guy's actually a journalist, and uh, he so has, he writes the papes. He writes the papes. He does. He worked for the Hartford Current. Okay. Current. Current. Yeah. And, and C O U R A N T. Current. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, everybody does vowels. Why are we being so
0: fucking pedantic right now? Everyone's like, move on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Except for the people who live in Hartford, they're screaming at us. Yeah, like, it's this one. Now well, well, it's a bi-coastal rage today. That's right. We're fucking with everybody. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, and he was getting to this point in his life where he was sort of having a midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. His family actually has a history of wagon trail rides. <sighs> In the late 1950s, his father, who was kind of a man about town, mm-hmm. but also a guy for big ideas,
2: mm-hmm.
1: got his family of, I think, they, I'm pretty sure he said 11 fucking children. What? 11 goddamn kids. Oh. I'm i am fairly sure that's right. Oh. And uh, they took them in a covered wagon to see the uh, Pennsylvania and New Jersey area. Uh, they wanted, <laughs> and then they're like, that's far enough. That was... That's all we need, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they grew up with horses. They had a large farm. Uh, so this is not completely unfamiliar. This this trip across the Oregon Trail uh, was not completely unfamiliar to Rinker Buck, who brought also along with him his brother, mm-hmm. uh, who lives up in Maine. Uh, his brother's name is Nick, Nick Buck, which is a... Very normal compared to... Compared to Rinker, Rear. yeah. I agree. Uh, but Nick Buck is... Kind also of a, sounds weird. <laughs> a lie. It does, doesn't it? Uh, Nick Buck actually reminds me a good deal of my old roommate, Luke. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever met Luke. Okay. Uh, Luke and I were Rennies, and Luke is a big horse person. Uh, in fact, he is currently, he's either... He's on a horse. I mean, almost doubtless, yes, right for now. sure. <laughs> uh, Luke has led trail rides professionally since college, so Ooh. he does the trail rides for Grand Canyon... Oh. And he does the trail rides out at Yosemite. Right. Okay. But he's also doing in the winter. He does wagon stuff up in the Pacific Northwest. And I don't remember exactly where. But Luke, if you ever listen to this, I love you madly. You're a great friend. So Nick Buck is a lot like Luke. Mm-hmm. Educated, but likes to work with his hands. But a horse guy. Super into horses. Or yeah. uh, and he's considered one of the great team drivers of his generation.
2: And that generation
1: doesn't have a whole lot of team drivers. I going say in it. doesn't probably have that much competition. Right, good for him. Um, so these two brothers decide to take three mules mm-hmm. uh, from St. Joe, Missouri, mm-hmm. all the way over to Oregon. I haven't reached the end of the book yet. I don't know where they go. Oh, <laughs> I'm on chapter twenty-five. I'll tell you next so week. No spoilers, everyone. I'm pretty sure they're going to make it though. <laughs> um, well, so- he's not dead. Well, at least. Right, he published the he, book. Yeah, he did. He lived I, long enough to publish. So. I don't think he's going to die. They have cell phones throughout. They're not like... That hasn't stopped other people from dying. <laughs> that's a very good point. Listen, no.
0: I've been in the desert recently. Cell phone coverage is not everywhere. And this is why, as always,
1: I don't go outside. <laughs> that's why I'm not really a pagan anymore. Uh-huh. Required a lot of nature. Not into it. My idea of roughing it is a hotel that only has three stars. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. If I'm at a hotel that doesn't have HBO, what is this? Camping? I can't. No. You won't poop in certain toilets. That's, you're fucking right. <laughs> this is true. Guys, I will. I really structure my life so I can only poop at home. That's a lot. I'm pretty good-headed, though. Yeah. And I'm... I mean, there have been some near misses. Okay. We don't have to go that far. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this Yeah, trail. Anyway, first yeah <laughs> So these two brothers are going, they're going to have a great time, lots of adventure along the way, and they're telling us a lot about the trail as they go. That's so fun. I really recommend the book. I'm really enjoying it. What's it called again? The Oregon Trail. Right. (laughs) By Rinker Buck. (laughs) So. I genuinely forgot. I wasn't trying to set you up for that. Oh, I thought you really (laughs) wanted me to say it again. You punk-ass hillbilly. (laughs) Anyway, uh, just briefly a little bit of history about the trail. Uh, Jen, when you... When you say the Oregon Trail, <laughs> what do you think of automatically? I think of the computer game. Absolutely you do. Now let me ask you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to date you a yep. little bit. Uh, that sounds weird. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. I'm comfortable in my truth. Good. So uh, which version of the game did you play? The black oh. and like, green version or the 16 color bit no. Okay, before. so
0: while my first home computer was a black and green screen, and mm-hmm. we played Lemonade Stand and it was text-based and it was beautiful, my the Oregon Trail version game that I'm used to is the color one that's not text-based where you can just sit there and you can wait for the little buffalo to yes. cross and then and you pop, shoot them. Yes. Shot the, so
1: many tons of buffalo meat. So many more than you ever needed, oh, right? Oh, for sure. You're just like, fuck it. <laughs> Get the I'm the little, little <laughs> uh, Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty much the one I was raised with, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a good thing. Uh, what a lot of people will think of when they think about this trail.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I'm avoiding saying it now. It's uh, so named. <laughs> um, so briefly, a little bit about this trail. Uh, Lewis and Clark were actually the first ones to establish even part of it Mm -hmm. uh, on their northwest expedition. Uh, Fur trappers, though, really established it as they connected the east and west routes looking for those beaver pelts along with all sorts of other- Gotta find those beavers. (laughs) You know what we're about. (laughs) Beaver hunting. Beavers. (laughs) Uh, um, But really, it wasn't until the Oregon Treaty Uh, which was the official declaration of boundary between the United States and British-held Canada in 1839 Mm -hmm. that really made people want to move west. So uh, there were a lot of people, a lot of reasons to go. Mm. Some people frequently point to it and call it manifest destiny. Mm -hmm. America wanted to connect the American coast for... God and country. <laughs> so I Manif- got British. <laughs> yeah, right? I, well, you know, I'm very very formal and dignified. I have to be British.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, manifest destiny is bullshit. Yeah. It's uh, It's not a real thing. Uh, the real reasons that people wanted to travel were many There's mm-hmm. a lot of good reasons. Uh, one of the most important that is not frequently discussed. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about manifest destiny. Like, there was no...
0: Everyone just felt this innate, like... God given desire
1: to just go west. Go west, young yeah, man. Go west goals. Yes. Uh, not the case. In fact, there was actually a lot of problems in early America mm-hmm. that were pushing people outside of what was America at that point Well, in time. I mean,
0: yeah, it's like fucking hard to pack up your whole life and then take, what, like six months to just walk across the country.
1: You're hitting a lot of the highlights here. That's yeah, right. Like, why would you, why would you want do it? to do that? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, seems like a bad plan. Yeah. Uh, and and it was because there wasn't enough economic opportunity in the eastern part of the United States. Wow, I wish there was another west. So we could walk to right now to get I out wouldn't. of our economic situation. I would not. I would, if At somebody, this point, no, I would not. If either. somebody was like, you have to walk to Mexico in order to be a millionaire, I'd be like, fuck it. I'll be I walking. won't walk to Alpine. <laughs> I wouldn't walk. I don't get my mail. Like... <laughs> Oh, lazy millennials. That's right. <laughs> so this economic downturn was inspiring a lot of people to gather what they did have mm-hmm. and put it in on a bet towards the west. Uh, they also had a huge problem with overcrowding. America was cramped. Mm. If you picture America at this point in time, um, it was Michigan was still largely frontier,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, really everything west of Ohio. Was considered the frontier. Mm-hmm. There were skirmishes with the land in between uh, and contested land amongst mm-hmm. Native Americans. Because, you know, when we, after
0: we rebelled against, you know, England and we're like, well, oh, we're this country now. Native Americans, please go west. Right, just anywhere but here. See this? See this? That's white skin. You don't have that. Get out yeah, of here. Please, please go. And that um, was pretty much that the policy. Yeah, like we, this won't be a problem. Oh, except now we want to go west, and you're in the you're way. There, yes, we did tell you to go
1: there, but now we're telling you to go. Into the shittiest bits of the Anywhere else, please. See this area? That's called the Badlands. Go there. There's no water. I know. You'll be fine. Because it's called the Badlands. Badlands.
2: Um, On the nose.
1: (laughs) uh, But if you went further east, uh, there wasn't enough space. Mm -hmm. Back then, you almost had to be a farmer, even just a substance farmer, Mm -hmm. which means you needed roughly. This is rough about an acres worth of land mm-hmm. per person in your family. So Jeff, growing up you had five members of your family, right? Correct. So five members plus an additional member but five, mm-hmm. so you had five members of your family, you'd need five acres of land plus at least one additional acre of land to create food for animals that you would keep on your farm. Mm-hmm. So 6 acres of land today holds well, every house is just about... Like in a normal suburban layout, mm-hmm. a house is a quarter acre. Right. So whatever six times four is. I think it's 24. I'm going to go with 24.
0: Yes. <laughs> that's all right, right? Yes. Okay. I act like I'm doing the math in my head, and I'm not. Well, I'm just staring at the wall. That's sad. Just like, uh, that
1: sounds right. It does. <laughs> um, whatever, guys. I don't have to be smart. I'm pretty. <laughs> so And I don't try for either. The land that we have... To take up 24 families today would have only been one family back then. So the land that they had was very cramped. Yeah. People did not have enough land to subsist on. Mm-hmm. More and more people were coming into America, lots of European immigrants, and people just kept having fucking babies. Mm. There were no condoms and there was no TV, so people just kept screwing and screwing and screwing because what mm-hmm. else do you do at night? Yeah. They couldn't read. It's dark. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, another good reason to leave, religious fervor. Yes. There were, as we've discussed on this show numerous times, uh, this is the era of the burned over district. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the fires of religious fervor ripping through Western New York again. And after uh, Joseph Smith in oh, the Holy Land of Rochester, Rochester New, New York. York. Hold on to that, Code, because that's my next point. Oh, okay. That's religious persecution. Oh, I'm sorry. So, uh, missionaries were very popular, mm-hmm. and a lot of missionaries. Wanted to testify. What do they say?
0: Evangelize. Uh,
1: evangelize. Go and convert yeah. Native Americans out west. One of the first uh, documented white women mm-hmm. to cross the Rocky Mountains was actually a missionary. Her mm-hmm. name was Narcissa Whitman. Okay. And she ended up in Walla Walla, Washington, which I always thought was a fake place. Turns out it's a real place. Oh, wow. They named it that on purpose. It was stupid. <laughs> Is but, it a
0: Native American name, though?
1: Uh, even if it is, it repeats itself, and uh-huh. I feel like we can do better. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand here and be a little bit of an asshole. Yeah. Okay. So Narcissa Whitman, uh, she met her husband, uh, and they decided to marry because they both wanted to proselytize.
2: Mm. They yes. took
1: the trip, and they were able to send back letters at intermittent points along the trail. And Who sent them? Uh, people, who, fur trappers. Oh, okay. Fur trappers who were tra- traveling back and forth, if they ran into somebody, she would hand off a letter mm-hmm. or part of her journal. And those journals and letters at that point in time were actually very popular and they were being published in regional newspapers. So a lot of Americans started following her story across uh, the country. I just had this image of her
0: as like the very first like travel influencer. <laughs> She kind of was. Yeah. Oh, I hate myself and my references. But... <laughs> no, it's
1: all right. She's like, I'm... Ad- hashtag adventure grams. Right. Um, and she did. it. It made people feel like they wanted to see what she was seeing. She included some drawings of some of the beautiful American landscapes. Which it is. Yeah. Guys, America gets a lot wrong. <laughs> We are, but the, a the land nation. Is
0: not one of them, and that's because we stole. <laughs> right, uh, and we're and, like, hey, this is pretty
1: ours now. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> Do you have a flag? <laughs> no flag, no country. You can't have one. It's the rules. <laughs> so, anyways, um, Narcissa Whitman uh, actually became pregnant on oh, the trail. Scandal, indeed. Well, people weren't scandalized though because she was married, even though so she had yeah. just met her husband. <laughs> And definitely not Well, if, not if you're along married, the then
0: it's not, then it's not an issue if you've
1: never. Right, met you. even if you've never met the guy before. Yeah, today you're today. not moving too fast as long as you're married. Right. <laughs> Jesus said it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so Narcissa Whitman actually gave birth to one of the first European babies on the far side of the trail. Wow. I know. It's kind of what she's known for um
0: (laughs) typical woman (laughs) yes indeed she crossed first Crossed the rockies what does she know for
1: giving birth well she's she's got both titles okay but like honestly one of those things scares me more than the other Uh, and it's not crossing the rockies i mean i'm not gonna do either one but (laughs) in a car Mm.
0: it's kind of scary actually
1: in a plane i Mm. don't know no i feel like i've been to the parts of America that I want to go to. In a train? <laughs> Could you? Would you? <laughs> All right. So now let's go back to Joseph Smith. Okay. Joseph Smith. You cannot talk about the Oregon Trail and separate Mormons from that story. No. no. In fact, the Mormons have... Oh, Mormons. <laughs> Sorry. It's my turn. It's okay. Um... <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry Just go watch the musical, then you'll know. We are the way we've always been. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mormons. So as you know, if you've listened to this show before, Mm -hmm. uh, Mormons are a special subject for Jen and I. Oh, so near and dear to our hearts. So near and dear. And so I'm really excited to talk about them. Uh, The time period that we're discussing here is actually after the death of Joseph Smith. Joseph's been shot by an angry mob. (laughs) I knew that he'd... He was done. So what did you he say, must Jen? lead my people now, my good friend,
2: Brigham, Brigham Young. Young.
1: <laughs> so Brigham Young led the faithful, they called themselves the Saints,
2: mm.
1: out of Nauvoo, Illinois. <laughs> Classic cult move. It is. <laughs> and uh, they moved themselves west without really having a really clear idea of where they were going. They could have found anything along the way. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we make a lot of fun of Mormons here, um, and I'm I'm gonna take take a moment to just tip my hat. <laughs> we have a lot of fun here. <laughs> um, they they really were people of a really incredible faith mm-hmm. to be willing to follow a man into the
0: abyss. Effectively, mm. I mean, he is like a modern day Moses. <laughs> my <laughs> modern, I mean, right? Sure, the 19th An 1830s. Century.
1: You know, if we're gonna talk about like. Mid century, eighteen hundreds, Mo- Moses. Let's stick it to Harriet Tubman and like. No, oh,
0: well, I meant like I meant like going into the wilderness part, sure, not the sure. being actually like. Well, it's okay. I was about to say like badass,
1: but I was like, was Moses? Bad? I don't know. No, he was kind of a whiner. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. let's not
1: get into. The, yeah, okay, the Bible. <laughs>
0: but but anyway, stick to the Book of it, go, it does take a
1: lot of guts and a lot of faith to follow someone. It just. Into the wilderness where literally anything could have happened. Mm -hmm. But one of the reasons that they were compelled to move was because of religious persecution. Yes. Uh, In fact, the state governor of Missouri put a bounty out on Mormons. Like, he wanted them, quote, exterminated from the state. Oh. Yeah. I mean, they're
0: weird, but not in a way that makes me want to murder them. I mean,
1: not now why? They're very nice. Child marriage gen. Oh. Mm, you know. Yeah. I have watched Sister Wives, too. When 45-year-olds are marrying 12-year-olds, I think those 45-year-olds should be murdered. You're right. That's. I mean, that's not great. Right. But it's also not a common practice anymore. So we're right. really only just talking about fundies there. Uh, regular Mormons, I don't have a beef with. Yeah. In fact, they party pretty hard. <laughs> I have partied with Mormons, and they're a good time. Yeah. So, um, the Oregon Trail... Is very, very important to Mormons. In fact, there's also a kind of Mormon pilgrimage called the Mormon Trail. Hmm. And these emigrants, and that's really what they refer to themselves as, emigrants, people who are leaving the United States as she was known to go Mm -hmm. to a new land, and Mm -hmm. then they'd make that the United States later. Kind of like a migrant caravan. (laughs) Yes. In fact, it is the largest known history overland migration that is in recorded history. Damn. Yeah. About 200,000 people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Over the course of 20 years, which is pretty amazing. That's wild. So, 200,000. I'm glad that was my next thing. 200,000 mm. people over the course of 1841 to 19, 1869. Till 1969, you know, all the way up to like the summer of 69. <laughs> right. Sure. they were all taking wagons the summer right of up until 1869. the Carter administration. <laughs> Yeah, so for that 20-year period, 200,000 people crossed the Oregon Trail. And when they were traveling, Mm -hmm. they were traveling with everything they owned. Mm -hmm. Uh, They often had to leave a lot of things behind. In fact, there is an incredible amount of waste. People were overpacking. Now, you remember from the game yeah and remember when they're like oh how many pounds of salt beef do you want Mm -hmm. and you're like how many can i put in the wagon 50 i'll take 50 pounds of salt beef yeah and you would completely overload yeah your wagon your oxen would go slower Uh uh-huh and then all of your things would spoil right so along the path of the oregon trail one of the most american things to ever Mm. happen litter litter yes (laughs) yes um when a lot of people were trying to find their way if they came to a place where the map wasn't clear about which direction they should go, they literally often followed the garbage. That's amazing. Isn't that great? It's the most American thing ever. It, well, at least their garbage back then was largely... Biodegradable? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas today, it's going to last for hundreds of thousands of years. Oh, the earth is dying. <laughs> <Huzzah>! <laughs> um, so you were traveling in a wagon. Uh, there was kind of two types of wagons, and I'm not going to get into their details because I don't understand them and most people don't care. Uh, but one of them was called a Conestoga, And the other one was called the prairie schooner. And apparently those are not the same, and if you try and use those two words interchangeably, wagon nerds will yell at you. Well, we're not here for you, wagon nerds, right now, so you can fuck off! But if Luke ever listens to this, he will explain to me the difference between those two wagons.
0: And I'm sure that is very interesting, but for our purposes...
1: Let's move on. They used wagons. (laughs) Uh, Both wagons were just about uh, four feet across in general. Now, Mm -hmm. this is in general. Every wagon... Uh, Every wagon company had a slightly different make and model. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. for the most part, they were about four feet wide, Mm -hmm. which is pretty close to this table, right? Yeah. And about 21 feet long, which is slightly longer than the average pickup truck. That's wild. Yeah. So everything you own... (laughs) Everything you own has to fit into. I don't a even have truck. furniture and that I don't think I could fit all of my stuff. right. Now fortunately, even back then they did have um, portable beds. We know mm-hmm. that George Washington right. slept on a portable bed. Um, and so they had lots of folding furniture like that, but for mm-hmm. the most part you would have built things when you got to where you were going. Sure. Your uh, covered top would have been covered in canvas and mm-hmm. that was really just to keep a little bit of shade and cover your things. Uh, you would have had large barrels at the back for water Water was incredibly important hmm. and also incredibly dangerous. The safest way to collect water was how, Jen?
0: Rain. Rain
1: water. Yes. Absolutely. Still true today. If you're starving in the desert, your best bet is to open your mouth when it rains and collect what rain water you can. So
0: Shel Silverstein uh, poem about that. Really? It's really about a girl who's so lazy that she won't move and she just lays there
1: with her mouth open waiting for it to rain. The Kate Reed story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so these... Uh, these wagons, these prairie schooners, only had a top speed of about one to two miles per hour. So oh, you were moving slow. God. Slow. Um, and oh, that speed was variable, depending on the type of draft animal you have.
2: Mm-hmm. For those but that,
0: are, for, like for those who don't go hiking often, basically your top
1: speed walking with a backpack on is about two miles an hour. Yeah. And for the most part, the 200,000 people who crossed the plains, almost all of them walked the entire distance. Yeah. Which is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> draft animals. So, you have three options for draft animals, Jen. You can take oxen,
2: mm-hmm.
1: mules, mm-hmm. or horses. What are you going to choose? Oxen. You are wrong. Shit. Oxen are great. Uh, they do very well across flat plains, mm-hmm. but they really struggle to get up mountains. Oh, yeah. And on top of that, they're really expensive to feed, and they don't do well without water. Most people don't, but. You well, I know. mean, you know, we can't really blame the oxen for that. I'm really glad you didn't choose horses, though. Why would you not want a horse? Because they're not strong yeah they enough. really they weren't strong enough yes there are belgian draft horses who are capable like if you ever go to Mackinac island have you been to mackinaw yes once. okay so most of the horses on Mackinac island are draft belgian draft horses are they like the budweiser kind no those are clydesdales right i knew that that's okay if i thought about it for a second <laughs> uh actually a belgian draft has a better forward pull than a Clydesdale well fuck Budweiser then indeed I mean also because it's a garbage beer but yeah yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, so Belgian draft horses are expensive though you Mm -hmm. have to feed them a really rich protein uh, not protein um, um, wheat, oats hay horse food effectively you need real fancy ass horse food (laughs) like the all natural kind
0: organics
1: Mm, Mm -hmm. only the best Uh, side note about the Clydesdales the Budweiser Clydesdales eat such fancy food; it costs like two hundred thousand dollars a month to feed one of them. What? Yeah. What are they eating? Golden donuts. I have no idea. It's stupid expensive, though. I I learned that when they came to the Grand Rapids Public that year. Remember? No. Oh, maybe you were at the Ford by then. Yeah, nothing comes Yeah, we had the we had the Clydesdales come, and they have their own like padded tractor trailers. I mean, good for them. Right. Honestly, live your best life. Meanwhile, people are starving in the street. But yeah. sure. Um, it's anyway, not the horse's fault. It's not. It's the corporations. Yes. Anyway.
0: Welcome to our tirade against capitalism, <laughs> couched inside a podcast
1: about ghosts, about the Oregon Trail, with references to Broadway musicals. Our extreme niche. <laughs> uh, so, getting aside from leftist politics for a second, uh, let's talk about mules. Yes, let's. <laughs> My mind is never far. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, mules were actually your best bet for the Oregon Trail. Mm-hmm. They walked the fastest. Yeah. They were incredibly strong. A mule is a mix between a donkey and a horse. Mm. And they sexy. Really...
0: They're one of the. There's like only a few of those animals that are like purposely bred between two different species. Like a liger.
1: Like a liger, yes. Yeah. And they're sterile because of that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, breeding. Mules is a tricky business, and do you know who practically perfected it? No. George Washington. Of course he did. Of course. Uh, so. He's amazing. He is. There were these owned people, but is amazing. Uh, yeah. A very good side note before we get too hot under the cu- Before we get too hot under the waistline about Georgie. Yeah. It's important to remember that he was a fucking slaver.
2: Yeah.
1: <sighs> All right, so, but the mules are still kind of cool. Most of the mules that are popular for major farm work were actually bred by George Washington, and he was gifted the draft horses that were their matrilineal line by the king of Spain as a gift for flouting the English. Because, as you know, Spain and the English, not always fans of each other. Golden Mm. Armada, what, what?
2: Yeah.
1: And also our dear friend, Lafayette! I'm taking this horse by the rain so can with Blood stamps. The horse in the question was a draft horse. So he gifted those horses to George Washington, who practiced the husbandry of creating these wonderful mules, and they became a very popular animal, especially for the Erie Canal. Mm-hmm. And um, have you ever heard the phrase stubborn as a mule? Yes. All right. Mules are actually... It's me. Well, what I'm going to say then is that mules are not actually... Well, I mean, they are stubborn. Mm-hmm. But the reason that they're stubborn is because they're so fucking smart. Mm. A mule is first and last interested in self-preservation. And their eyes are so wide that with their where their eyes are positioned in their heads, they can actually see their back feet. What the fuck? Yeah. So they're very sure-footed, which is great if you're crossing, say, the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. And so, when horses—or I'm sorry, when mules—are being stubborn, it's because they feel like they can't trust you Mm. to make the decision you're making. They can see something by their feet that you can't see or that you haven't accounted for. And so, when people are like, "Oh, this mule is such a fucking fucker," well, if you'd moved there, there would have been a rattlesnake or that rock's not actually stable, Mm. and the mule can see that. So people could really trust their mules on Mm. these trips. Now, some mules just have shitty fucking attitudes <laughs> uh, in the book Hooms among us, <laughs> right? Uh, the book with Rinker Buck, he's got three mules. Mm-hmm. One is Jake, one is Bet, and one is Butte. and Butte's a bitch. Uh, <laughs> she's very I don't wanna, and i'm a I'm a little diva. <laughs> And yeah. so she's like, when when they're doing some like major pulling up mm-hmm. California Hill, mm-hmm. Butte's just kind of trotting along. She's not pulling her weight. And so they're like, "Come on, you son of a!" It's a really it's a fun book. She's already my favorite character in the entire story. There's also a little Jack Russell Terrier named mm-hmm. Olive Oil, ah! and she's a delight as well. Ah! Except for at one point in time, she gets attacked by a rancher's dog. Oh. It's very upsetting. Yeah. Oh, I gotta read this book now. I. I think you'll enjoy it. So those are the draft animals. Uh, This is not a speedy way to get across the country Mm -hmm. and it could lead to disaster if you started at the wrong time.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, In fact, the Mormons, Mormons in 1856, of course I didn't write the year down. Um, but I believe 1856. Okay, I was like a, you sound very sure of yourself, <laughs> right? Had a really horrible disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the Mormon handcart disaster, mm-hmm. and what it was. Uh, so at this point in time, even early days, Mormons were across the sea uh, proselytizing. They were being missions even in the 1850s, mm-hmm. and they had profited from economic downturn in the uh, European what would become the European Union. And uh, they were getting a lot of people to come and join their religion. So they would help pay for their voyage across the ocean,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then people had to find their way out to Salt Lake City. And so easy enough. <laughs> but they didn't have very much money, mm-hmm. uh, and they couldn't afford their own wagons. Uh, wagons were somewhat pricey, whereas a handcart, uh, which could be pushed and pulled by Jesus. the people themselves, Without the expensive draft animals. Make it even fucking harder. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, So this Mormon disaster um, happened because they started too late in the season. Uh, Instead of getting started in the early spring, they didn't start until July 1st. And right around Casper, Wyoming, they hit snow. (laughs) and they kept dealing with terrible, terrible snow. So these hand carts were six to seven feet long. They were wide enough to spare up to span a narrow wagon track, so we'll probably call that three and a half, four feet wide. And they could be alternately pushed or pulled. The small boxes affixed to the cart were three or four feet long, eight inches high. And they could carry about 500 pounds. So the companies, uh, the Willie and Martin Company, kind of like the Donner Party, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, they had really serious problems. They got caught in that severe weather by Casper, Wyoming. And they continued to have to try and push these wooden carts through incredibly deep snow up High Mountain Passes. I'm good. Eventually, Brigham Young had to organize a rescue effort from Salt Lake City to go out and collect these people. But at that point in time, of the almost 1,000 immigrants who were making the passage together, about 200 had died. Ah, oh. Isn't that incredible? Oh, that's bad. So this is a really not great way to travel, you're going to have a hard time. But people thought it was worth it because on the other end... It was Salt Lake City. Well, <laughs> if that's what you were headed for. Yeah. Um, but other people were looking for their promised 320 acres mm-hmm. in the new Oregon territory, um, as well as there was the gold rush on. 1849 mm. was the gold rush. Yep. And people were panning all over the place and desperate to get out there and change their economic fortune. Uh, but pretty much right away, they were looking for a better way to get there. Yes. Have you ever heard of Rufus Porter? No. He's the founder of Scientific American. Okay. All right. So Rufus (laughs) Porter was actually a pretty interesting guy. He had a lot of inventions, hence Scientific American. He was also a really great uh, muralist and portraitist, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he came up with an idea that is actually a pretty dope idea if Mm -hmm. they'd had the technology correct to put it together. Uh, His idea was a dirigible, so an Airbus that would take people from from um, Missouri all the way out to Oregon. Uh, the idea almost had steam. <laughs> wow. Except <laughs> for the scientific technology was simply not where it needed to be. An Airbus? An Airbus. Like uh, a steam-powered Airbus? It's the most steam-powered
2: bullshit have I've
0: ever
1: heard of. A picture right there. <sighs> and guys, we'll post this online for you to see later. Um, so that was called the best route to California. And he in, he came up with that idea in 1849 mm-hmm. for New York to California transport. And of course, that's like uh-huh. de rigueur today. Uh, but back then, it was considered quite revolutionary.
2: Yeah. So he was
1: looking for a more convenient, comfortable way to get people there. Now, of course, eventually, we complete what? The Transcontinental Railroad. Goddamn right, we did. The Transcontinental Railroad, 1869. Uh, made it possible to travel between the coasts in speed and relative comfort. Mm -hmm. Uh, And at that point in time, wagon travel really died out. Because who wants to do that? Right. (laughs) Yeah, not even for a gold field. Walk Mm -hmm. across America. Fuck you, buddy. I'll stay here and die in the sewers of New York. Though, admittedly, part of me reading these articles was like, that does sound kind of fun.
0: Parts of it. I would get bored very quickly. But part of me does want... To, like, maybe the next road trip I do to drive, like, the route.
1: Uh, my father, as you know, is a distance runner. hmm And I kind of want him to run the route. Oh. Right? That'd be yeah, cool. that would be. I guess a lot of people do it, uh, a lot of Mormons actually do it today as, like, kind of a pilgrimage.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, not a whole lot of people do it in wagons anymore. Right, because why? Right. It's a lot of work. Uh-huh. uh Rinker Buck thinks he is... Um, well, uh, some people do it with team, like support teams, like uh, trucks around them. Yeah. Um, but Rinkerbuck thinks he might be the first person to do it in like 112 years. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of cool. So, Jen, uh, uh, with this many people traveling... Mm-hmm. It would be easy to say, and we all made it in one happy piece. <laughs> but it's not the case. But we've all played the game, and we know that's not the case. <laughs> right. Um, the most common death on the trail was from cholera. Not dysentery. Not dysentery, but both come from poisoned shit water. Water, yes, <laughs> shitty water. Um, so cholera is um, a horrible, horrible, horrible disease. Real fast, but real also painful. treatable if you know what you're doing. If you know what you're doing. Um, and people didn't know what they were doing yet. No. Today, you can treat cholera with um, lots of water, like Gatorade. clean water, but and like, electrolytes. like a shit ton of it. Yes, but back then, putting salt in water was kind of counterintuitive. <laughs> <go> <laughs> Now, do you know that we actually have cholera to thank for modern germ theory? I know. I I read a book about the cholera epidemic in okay. London. In London, it was fucking fascinating. Perfect. Okay, so you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, there was a cholera outbreak in London in one of the working class neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. At that point in time in London, people would have to go to a shared community well. Well, one of those wells had cholera. Yeah, <laughs> had the cholera microbes, and people were literally shitting themselves to death.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And our friend, John Snow, that's right. saved the fucking day. John Snow, who was a doctor in that area, uh, noticed that people who worked for the brewery were mm-hmm. not getting sick. The brewery used the same well water, though, so they thought, oh, well, it must just, it must just be bad air that's affecting people. John Snow figured out that it was the water. Mm-hmm. By boiling the water as mm-hmm. part of the brewing process, it killed those cholera microbes, And made it safe for drinking. Mm -hmm. So, so long as you had a, you know, healthy liquor on. Yeah. You weren't going to get cholera. (laughs) Anyway, so.
0: If you want more on that read, The Ghost Map by I Don't Remember Who, but
1: it's a very, very good book. And also I will recommend my boy, Billy Bryson. Mm. Uh, Bill Bryson's At Home covers it as well. Right. God, I love that book. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, I need to buy a new copy. I've I drooled on mine again. I fell asleep on it, and it's like completely fallen apart. Oh. I know it's my second copy already, oh <laughs> but God. I love it so much. Yeah. All right. So uh, cholera, of course, dysentery, um, but one of the other most prevalent deaths along the Oregon Trail was being crushed by the wagon wheels. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fortunately, it was tended to be a pretty quick death. <laughs> yeah. That's good. It often happened, unfortunately, to women. Mm. Women's um, skirts. skirts would get caught in the moving wagon wheels Yikes. and they'd get pulled under. <sighs> One such story uh, happened to a pioneer named Quintina Snodderly, which is oh. my favorite name of all time. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Quintina. Quintina. Which, which is...
0: Snodderly. I mean, it's like with Quintina, you're like, okay, that sounds like unique, but like somewhat dignified and then you get to the last name (laughs) snotterly
1: oh no so Quintina was crushed to death along the Oregon Trail Mm -hmm. and she was kind of hastily buried they Mm. all were um, and the, they tended to bury their dead very shallowly because there just wasn't enough time. Right. There wasn't time to construct caskets. Mm-hmm. Well, or they, if, if they did, they were often crude or mm-hmm. made of things that they found along the trail. Well, yeah, because you don't have a ton of like just wood laying around. Exactly. You don't have a ton of just anything laying around. Mm-hmm. So when Quintina was buried, she was. they found the ropes, they found the blanket that they shrouded her in,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the ropes that they lowered her down with, some scraps of her clothing, Mm. and a single silken green ribbon still underneath her jawbone. Like Jenny. Exactly. I thought you'd enjoy that. (laughs) So uh, when ranchers who owned the land that she was buried on stumbled upon her body, Mm -hmm. um, they made the, uh, I think, very unique decision um, they wanted to make sure that she got interred correctly, but also they were fascinated by this death and they wanted people to have the opportunity to study her. So they put her in a cardboard box and put the, put the box underneath their, you know, living room couch for about 10 years. I was, mm,
0: okay, all right. I was like, oh, so they sent her off to get studied. Great. Great. Awesome. No, they like they Elmer like, mccurdy did that shit. Yes, they did.
1: Elmer McCurdy? Ma- Curdie, oh, still fun. Out. Yeah, shout out to Ian. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, they eventually sent parts of her, I believe, her skull in a oh. box onto a local university at Casper, Wyoming. Well, good. Yeah, uh, and they. Do were, you, you, why
0: would you put a box of bones
1: under your own couch? Along with the do you want stone. to
0: be cursed for
1: eternity? Right? Do you want? Poltergeist? This, this is, is how, how we you get, get poltergeists. Poltergeist. This is how you get ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I don't know if they've ever had a problem with it. I couldn't find any evidence that Quintina was haunting anything. I wish that I could have had that. Yeah. But no.
0: Oh, that would have been amazing. They did eventually. She took one look at these chuckle fucks and she's like, nah. No,
1: no. You guys are going to stick me under your fucking couch. She's like, I'm not interested in sticking around to see this. Suit yourself. Goodbye. <laughs> so she was buried with a stone uh, that had been hastily carved and With it her had name. her name. Okay, I was like. And then okay, the letters D dot J dot. And what they eventually found is that that stood for died in June. Oh. And the way they found that, um, the rancher's daughter would travel mm-hmm. to places, destinations along the Oregon Trail. Mm-hmm. And every time she got to a new town, she'd step into a phone booth and look up snotterly. In the local phone booth.
0: No way. Yeah.
1: Until they eventually found a great-great-grandson of Quintina's <gasps> life. Okay, that's a, that's smart. And wasn't... Pretty. Way smarter than keeping her a fucking box under your couch. <laughs>
0: it's
1: like there's two different... Like, she's the smart one of the family, that's obviously. Right. Obviously. <laughs> and so they had the family Bible, and there she was. And her death along the Oregon Trail was denoted in the family Bible. And so after that, uh, when they had a few more answers about who she was, uh, they worked with a gentleman, last name Brown, Raymond Brown. Oh, I didn't write that down. I thought I would remember. Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. Doc Brown. (laughs) He is one of the major preservationists of the Oregon Trail. And one of the things that he focuses on is using grave sites Mm -hmm. to make sure that the people within them are respectfully buried. Yeah. Because these burials were so shallow. Right. And coyotes and the weather can bring Mm -hmm. up things that we don't necessarily want. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, these are major parts of history. And he also knows that this is how you get ghosts. That's right.
2: So he (laughs) wants to make sure that shit is
1: laid to rest. due diligence to prevent ghosts. So, those are the top two deaths. Mm-hmm. The third death was murder. <laughs> murder. A um, mo- murder must <laughs> Um And one of the reasons that murder was so prevalent on the Oregon Trail was frustration. <laughs> Sometimes, traffic backups. Um, if you remember from the game, uh, there would be points where you have to unload your whole fucking wagon. Yeah. Push it across, float it across a fucking river,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then reload it on the other side.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you couldn't just everybody go across the river at once. No, no. One at a time. One at a time process. Yeah. And people got fucking pissed. Road rage. It was literally the first form of road rage. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, It was one of the first forms of road rage. And um, it also, uh, at those points, herds of cattle would get mixed up together. Men and women would make inappropriate friendships that often led to upset husbands. Moida. Moida. <laughs> and then, of course, when people are gathered, they start to pass around a delicious beverage or two. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we all know that if you drink enough and you piss enough people off, there will also be a moida. <laughs> You'll get moiden. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, this brought kind of a Western attitude. Uh, the murders, you know how the West was rough and tumble? hmm These are, you know, With fairly... insert sexy face. That's right. Mm. Rough and tumble. Rough and (laughs) tumble. So imagine a lawyer from upstate New York Mm -hmm. is now transported out to the middle of the Wyoming mountains. Good heavens. And he loses his calmness. And now he's willing to fucking murder someone Yeah. because there's no law out here. There's no reason to say that you can't murder. Uh, They're literally, if you're familiar with, for example, Deadwood. Mm. Deadwood, there was a town with no laws. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, I like a western. I like so. a
0: okay. I am newly on the western train. Hmm. I'm very into Westworld, and yep. Godless is one of my
1: favorite Netflix shows. Godless had it? such. I had such high oh, hopes for it. I feel like we've. I, it it could have been so great, but in the end, they really re- rely on a lot of men. And they they really do wanted it to be about the women.
0: They do, and I I wanted it to be more about the women too. But um, Michigan native Jeff Daniels. Oh fuck! You can't take your eyes off of him. I can love Jeff. He's amazing. He's in that. amazing.
1: I want him to be a villain more. I also loved Michelle Dockery in that. Yeah. Oh. and honestly, honestly, mm-hmm. it was sort of like an alternate universe Lady Mary.
0: Yeah. You know, she wasn't that same, far. Same energy. Yeah. But just like applied a in a different way. <laughs>
1: yeah. I I kind of And loved um, her. Weaver too. Yeah. Oh, really great. So, so, so great. Anyway, so we love that has Western.
0: Literally nothing to do with the Oregon Trail except for that it takes
1: place on the western <laughs> part yeah. of the country.
2: Uh, it's I like mean those New people would have been
1: yeah. Oregon pioneers at some point in time. And when we when we talk about the Oregon Trail really every trail <laughs> that yeah. went from like the middle of the country out to the coast mm-hmm. was somewhere along the Oregon Trail. It was a series yeah. of trails, not just one. Right, because not so, everyone went to the same town in right, Oregon. <laughs> right, Not everybody was going to the same destination. And there were different philosophies about which way to travel and why and how. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the path across the plains mm-hmm. was pretty universal. But once you got to the mountains, there were a lot of different passes to choose from. Mm -hmm. And you might choose to go the rockier but wider route. Mm -hmm. You might choose the shallower pass. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if the snows come, you're fucked. It it was an interesting um, path. And you know who actually made a lot of money on this? Hmm. The Mormons. Oh. Some Mormon men became some of the earliest paid guides, kind of like... um, Sherpas. Sherpas or coyotes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, across those paths. Sorry, I always bring it back to Mormons. Mormons. (laughs) All right, so I do... Uh, the, the Oregon Trail, uh, at the end of the day, is actually, presumably, the nation's longest graveyard. A lot of these facts come to us from geanderson.wordpress.com, but mm-hmm. I think they match up very well with what Rinker Buck has to say in his book. Uh, I also do have some facts here um, that were brought up in Rinker Buck's book, uh, but you can find individual Wikipedia articles about them, which I have printed off. <laughs> Because I'm analog, and I like to hold the papers. You're an old lady. I'm an old lady. <laughs> Who's killing the trees. Um, you're right. I recycle. That's fine. All right. And we can't hold- You them. are not America's worst problem. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I do have a ghost story. Oh. now this, On our ghost podcast? It's not just history and Mormons. Weird. <laughs> um- I do have a friend who has a pioneer ghost living on her property. Shut up. What? Yeah, I tried to get her to come on the show, but she recently moved back out to her property in Jackson Hole. And Jackson so, Hole. Wyoming. Okay. It's the fancy part of Wyoming. Uh-huh. It's where all like Google people have homes in Jackson oh, Hole. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> this friend is very fancy. Okay. So like, well. if you've ever been in a like state restroom, her husband designed all of those. I know that doesn't sound fancy, but it's a lot of good money. I mean, I'm sure it is, but just who thinks of that? (laughs) Ah, it's got to get done. Um, So this is uh, Reader's Terrifying Tales from Apartment Therapy of All Places.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Um, So readers share their scariest stories. And this is the title. I wonder if the ghost died of dysentery. (laughs) So I'm going to read this to you verbatim. It's probably cholera. Or moida, As we all know (laughs) (laughs) Or moida.
0: Do you think that's spelled M-O-Y-D-A-H? In my head, it's M-O-I-D-E-A. Moida. Moida. Maybe not.
1: Mm. All right, so... This is from KC in Kansas. The first house my now ex-husband and I bought 26 years ago had an unwelcome occupant. At first, he made himself known in little ways... Items like car keys and credit cards disappeared only to reappear in strange places like the refrigerator. That has happened to me. I'll find Do you
0: think it's because you're just putting them
1: there? Yeah, I think it's because I'm an idiot. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I find things in the it's freezer sometimes. Also haunted. Yes. We'll hear otherworldly footsteps uh, pacing the foyer. 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 When I, only, when I was only when I was the only one, that's true. When I was the only one home, doors slammed shut when I was home alone, etc. Mm. The ghost eventually became playful, making my toddler's son's electronic toys turn on by themselves when we least expected it. I, mm, I know. Okay. I used to hide my babysitter kids' toys that kept going off. I would put them in the sandbox outside. Yeah, that's where they belong. It is. I'll never forget how one day a pair of walkie-talkies that were on the shelf above my pantry kept going on and off by themselves. That freaked me out. So I went to check on my son in his bedroom. Right when I walked under the fire alarm in the hallway, it went off and scared Mm -hmm. the crap out of Mm -hmm. me. Needless to say, I gathered my son up and left the house for a few hours until my husband came home. A few months later, I was playing with my son in his bedroom, and I saw a dark-haired man wearing khakis and a oh, flannel shirt my God. walk by my son's door into my bedroom.
2: Oh, my God!
1: <laughs> Thinking it was my husband, I followed him to the bedroom to only discover that the room was empty and my husband had been sitting in the kitchen table paying bills the whole time. Mm. The incident that sent me over the edge occurred when I was pregnant with my second child. I was in the early stages of labor during the middle of the night and decided to wait until my contractions were closer together before heading to the hospital. I was laying in bed in pain, but trying to relax. The husband was laying next to me, sound asleep. Take That's why call. he's the ex. <laughs> uh, when distinctly I felt two hands massaging my shoulders. Oh, God. I thought the pain was maybe causing me to imagine things, so I mm-hmm. took a shower and then got back into bed to try to rest. A few minutes later, the unseen hands were back massaging my shoulders. Mm-hmm. I would let that happen. Would you? Yeah, I'm a slut for that. Rub my shoulders, please. I mean, yeah, it would feel amazing. But also, there's just like... Lean into it. Unwanted touching. I decided it was the ghost way of telling me to go to the hospital. So I woke my
2: husband...
1: Mm. All right. I decided it was Lettory's, the ghost... uh coming on. Too. Right? He's just super into pregnant chicks. Uh, I decided it was the ghost way of telling me to go to the hospital. So I woke my husband up and we headed there. Not long afterward, it was decided we needed a bigger house to accommodate our growing family, and we moved. A few years later, I drove by our old house and saw a sign that had been erected on the top of the street that said, Original Route of the California Santa Fe and Oregon Trails. I wondered if some young man had died on his journey west and didn't know he was gone. I lived in four homes and two apartments since then, and I've never experienced anything like it. I'm a college-educated woman with a full-time professional job, and I really don't believe in stuff like this. But I know what I experienced, and I will stick with my story until my dying day. Wow. You can be college-educated and still believe in Ghost Lady. Yeah. In fact, there's... I have two ...ample evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to work on that. Yeah. So that is what I have okay. of the Oregon Trail. Okay. Oregon. Now, oh wait. What's the right way? Was I doing it the right way? You kind of switched on and off. That's weird. It's fine. All right, guys. Listen, it should be Oregon. The trail that went west. <laughs> Just leave it there. Perfect. Uh, okay. Let's see.
0: So I kind of looked into some nooks and crannies left. You were very thorough. I was. Um, I'm sorry. I no, was really
1: excited about this one. That's
0: totally fine. I've had my days like that too. Um, so do you want to know where you can still see? I would love to. Yeah, because like, I kind of want to go rats. check it out. Yeah. Okay. So like, if I were to do Genda's the Oregon Trail... <laughs> I would just road trip to these different spots where you can still see
1: uh, wagon ruts. Sorry, like the ruts in the ground. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, first of all, one of the sources I was looking at, which I think is the Department of Land Management, which is responsible for preserving the Oregon Trail. Okay. Um, estimated about three hundred thousand travelers oh. traveled it. So. Obviously, no one knows for sure because it's not like they kept a roster of everyone right. who traveled there. And also with all these different routes, it's like what counts, what doesn't, how long, when do you count this, etc. So a lot of fucking people traveled.
1: And at that point in time, we all had this. open borders. So mm-hmm. people could come down from Canada and yeah. travel in or come up from Mexico and travel. Yeah. Right. Oh, um, one little fact that I forgot to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 10% of them... Mm-hmm. Died along the way. I had that note as well. So. Oh, good. you? Okay, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> it's fine. You told me what to study, and I was like, sure, fine. I don't, this is fine. I'm really into this just to give me something to do. And i like, I don't have to figure out a topic. Fine. I'll just, I'll just read it.
1: Um, that works because I have like a whole sheet full of stuff to do.
0: Yeah. You're like, be busy. Yeah. Um, so, as you can imagine, Two to three hundred thousand travelers riding in covered wagons that could hold up to twelve thousand pounds of cargo. Which, for all you people not in America, I translated into about five thousand four hundred kilograms. Huh, it's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, the wagons are mostly had iron plated wheels and they're going one to two miles an hour. So, there's definitely some places where over time these wagons just dug deep into whatever land that they were on. Like the prairies. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're traveling across a grass field. You're going to leave a mark. Think about
1: when people go to like music concerts for a weekend. (laughs) Fucking
0: ruin everything. And they
1: do, yeah. Like it started out as a nice grass path and then Mm -hmm. everybody just by repetitious walking Mm -hmm. I'm sure... Ends up leaving a path behind. I'm sure like some seasons, it was just a whole muddy mess. Oh, God, I can't imagine. hmm
0: Anyway, uh, so this comes from a Smithsonian Magazine article by Jennifer Billock called Nine Places Where You Can Still See Wheel Tracks from the Oregon Trail. And I think there has to be more than just these nine places because one of them... So I I think I remember mentioning, you know, in our first episode back or something that I'd gone on this, you know, huge road trip across America and one of our stops was in Grand Island, Nebraska, and I went to this Pioneer um, Mm Museum, museum, and they said that they had some original ruts from the Oregon Trail, and it is on the path. I didn't actually get to see it because we ran out of time, but... So I I feel like that
1: counts, but it's not on the list, so there might be other places. There are. Um, I know... I believe in the Rinker Buck book, mm-hmm. they say just about 20% of the path mm-hmm. ruts are still there. Wow. Yeah, so one out of five rut. Cool. <laughs> I don't know how what one measures a rut. What do you count a rut? A rut. <laughs> That's it's even, it's also
0: kind of a weird, gross well, word. Of, yeah. Unit of measurement is a rut. Right. It is a gross word. Uh, that being said, here are nine places in particular where you can still see Ruts. Do tell. Uh the first is the Red Bridge Crossing. It is in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, which is right kind of as you're right starting the out. So it's very subtle. Um, you basically it's just, you know, grassy knoll and you can just barely see kind of like indentations. It looks like kind of an overgrown road, basically. Cool. And it's caused by wagons emerging from the big blue river, uh, which was the very first river crossing on the trail. So you can imagine they get all wet and you get muddy and just of course, you know. that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I don't know if I need to go into huge detail about all of these, but you know, um, Just give us I'll the be top your three. I'll be your uh, Oregon Trail rut travel guide <laughs> for a minute. Um, <laughs> Our running travel guide. Uh-huh. There is the Alcove Spring in Blue Rapids, Kansas, where people would carve their names into the rock, including Edwin Bryant, who is a member of the Donner Party. Cool. Um, there is California Hill in Brule, Nebraska. Um, it's near the split of the Platte River, and it is the first major climb of the trail. Yes.
1: A big dramatic part of the book that I read. Oh, yeah. It is a 240-foot incline over a mile and a half. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. That's like a significant amount of uphill. Yeah. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Like, (laughs) over how many miles? 12? Wait, what'd you say? One and a half. One and a half. So that's... I don't know math, but that's... It's, you know... I mean, it's... Well, my house to Alpine is about one mile. (laughs) Sure. Right. For those of you who know where I live. um, (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, no, that's a steep hill. Yeah, it's a steep hill. Yeah, that's all we need to know. (laughs) It's a (laughs) steep-ass hill, y'all.
0: Okay, there is um, Rock Creek in Fairbury, Nebraska, which is about 1,600 feet of pristine trail ruts, uh, what used to be a supply stop and eventually became a Pony Express station. Cool. Uh, They erected a toll bridge there to help people cross a creek um and it would cost between 10 cents and 50 cents to cross depending on how many people you had and how much money you had
1: yeah that's actually kind of a lot of money
0: for that time period yeah just yeah just you wait um just you wait (laughs) okay you went with that one i was thinking henry higgins but sure (laughs)
1: now i've got them both in my head at the same time yep
0: (laughs) just you wait henry higgins Higgins. just you wait (laughs)
1: Uh, Okay, there's the
0: Guernsey Ruts in Guernsey, Wyoming. Um, Almost every traveler had to pass through this spot um, who was going on this trail. Apparently, it's very narrow or something. Um, and it was over uh, soft sandstone, and the ruts eventually, over time, became five feet deep. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. Your wagon was not, I mean, like, your wheels. I imagine it's more than just the two, like, channels for the wheels. Otherwise, that would just completely obliterate your whole wagon. Right.
1: But (laughs) that would just, that's not how physics works. But okay, okay.
0: I imagine, like, all the people walking also, like, wore it down. Sensible, yes. very sensible.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh,
0: there was Independence Rock in Casper, Wyoming. Lots of um carving of names there too. Yes, a lot of carvings. It was originally discovered during Robert Stewart's expedition in eighteen twelve, but it was named Independence Rock in eighteen thirty by William Sublet, who, when he noted that he passed by on July fourth, cool and. It, um, as it was known as Independence Rock, many pioneers um, came to think of it as a, mi- a marker of if you didn't pass this rock before July Fourth, you wouldn't make your final destination before
1: winter. And remember the handcart disaster? Mm-hmm. They didn't start out from Missouri or Illinois; they had mm-hmm. started at Nauvoo, Illinois,
2: mm-hmm.
1: on July first. Oh no! So they were not gonna fucking make it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was surprised. I was like, July, you still got so much of the summer left. And then I was like, Not, you're
1: walking. You're walking. <laughs> you don't even have draft animals to help you. And on yeah. top of that, once you get up to the mountains, it mm-hmm. snows early. Yeah. Nature.
0: Yikes. Anyway, there's Big Hill in Montpelier, Idaho. Uh, it was named because it was the longest, <laughs> steepest climb on the trail. It's a big-ass hill. It was. It was a big hill. And the descent was even more dangerous. Tracks are still visible, both... Uh, going up and down the hill.
1: I bet you going down was more fun though.
0: Wee! Oh, that's like super dangerous because wow. that's when the wagon is like pushing like touche. Gravity is doing its work, and that work is trying to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to that in a minute. Virtue Flat in Baker City, Oregon, is uh, located near just below where the National Historic Oregon Trail Interpretive Center is, where they would see their first glimpse of Baker Valley. I don't know where that is. I assume that's probably the, end close. Of the Trail, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are the interesting part about this one though is that there are parallel wagon ruts where wagons would pass each other. Because of road rage, probably. Nice. (laughs) They're like, I'm so done with this whole thing. Your
1: horse is farting. Yeah. It's all I can smell. kidding in front of you, motherfucker. It's like being behind like a stinky truck on the interstate. Yeah. I can't. I can't live like that. Mm -hmm. Life is too short.
0: Yeah. And then the last one, uh, Columbia River Gorge, Biggs Junction, Oregon, is one of the final sets of wagon ruts on the way west. And you can uh, get a good view of the Columbia River. Neat. So that's that. Uh, this has been your uh, Oregon Trail travel agent, Jen. Just just telling us some
1: Fun facts. You know what I just thought of? What? With these five feet deep wagon ruts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh I bet you they were grateful for that sometimes because they were often traveling right through the heart of Tornado Alley. Oh, yeah. You know, in the middle of tornado season. Yeah, that would probably be... The safest place to be. That's... I can only imagine. Like, because F5 tornadoes happened back then. Mm-hmm. Can you fucking imagine?
0: Yeah, you would just be dead. You would just be gone. Right. No chance. I, I wonder if there's
1: any trail stories about that. I shall have to look. I think they're all dead. Well, but somebody would have reported it. Yeah. If they survived. Right. So uh,
0: you mentioned that out of all the people who traveled the Oregon Trail, it's estimated about 10% of people died. Yes. Um, so there would be between twenty and 30,000 people. It's quite a lot of people. It is a lot of people. And, you, and as you said, the most common cause of death was cholera, although it was followed by firearm accidents, drowning, exposure, runaway livestock, fatigue, starvation,
1: and typhoid. Can I tell you one of my favorite Oregon Trail deaths? Hmm. This is from the uh, G.E. Anderson article about the longest grave.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the, a guy was getting a gun, out mm-hmm. of the, a loaded gun, out of the back of his moving wagon mm-hmm. while standing in front of it muzzle first. It bounced, mm-hmm. shot him in the face, and he died. Okay. And I believe that's what we call a Darwin Award.
2: Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep, yeah. Yeah, that's uh. Didn't think it through, buddy. Nope, nope, nope. This information, by the way, comes to you from an article that I forgot to write down in my notes. But it is called The Nation's Longest Graveyard. Hey, that's the same
1: article I read.
0: Is it? Yeah. I was wondering, but I thought
1: I would look at a different one. This you know, let me just flip this open here for a second. The Nation's longest graveyard, beyond nope, that's the ghosts. It. That is it. Did you also search Oregon Trail ghosts? I did. And this is the top thing. I did. We found the same article. We should maybe do our research in the same room. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Oops. Okay. So there are just, you know, as we've talked about, a lot of dead people. So many. On the trail, just sprinkled everywhere. Um, one place in particular that has a fun story and a an associated with uh, being haunted. Yes.
1: Yes, delightful.
0: Uh, it is Rhododendron Village, um, also known as Laurel Hill. And are it... those the same plant? Is a rhododendron a laurel?
1: No. Oh, sorry. I don't know anything about plants. Well, again... neither
0: did the people who named it Laurel Hill. <sighs>
1: <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so, they also were bad pagans. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so this this hill, it was known at the time as Laurel Hill, and it is now known as Rhododendron Village because it's covered in
1: rhododendrons, not laurels. Laurel is a much prettier word, though. Rhododendron. It's a very un- Rhodod- Rhododendron. I want you to stop chanting that at me. <laughs> That's an unsettling word. All right, so. <clears throat> all
0: right, so, Laurel Hill. It is just, imagine you have been traveling for four to five even maybe six months. Yuck. You're tired. Ugh. You're near dead most of the time. Your livestock is also near dead and tired. You're just And they're not sick. even getting any of the gold. They're not getting any of the gold, except you're going to Oregon, so you're not going to get any gold anyway. Right.
1: Right. So this is all big for nothing.
0: Yes. And you come to uh, an area near the Columbia River. You have a choice You could try to ford the river, which you've all seen how that goes. It's difficult. This is a particularly rapids uh, heavy section of the river. You could pay an exorbitant fee to ford the river on a ferry, or you could travel on Barlow Road so so named for a uh, pioneer, Sam Barlow, who who blazed this toll road in 1845, and it's located near Mount Hood in Oregon, if you're uh, keeping track, near uh, just southeast of uh, Portland on modern-day Route 26. Hmm. How expensive is the toll road? $5. $5? $1849? dollars dollars That's
1: insane.
0: You could buy a person for that yeah you really could that's upsetting in the 1840s yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um that's cheaper than riding the ferry and imagine this is in Oregon after you've probably spent most of your money
1: ridiculous well you know what also is sending a letter did we already talk about how much it costs to send a letter no a dollar wow to send a letter back then I'd be like
0: see ya, you will literally never hear from me again. Yep. Which is how it is usually
1: nowadays, and texts are basically free. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if I didn't have to make you talk to me because of this podcast, I would have lost touch of you two years ago. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, and compare that to the 10 to 50 cents. Yeah. Fording a river on other occasions. Five
1: fucking dollars. Yeah. And that's, wait, five fucking dollars for the road? For the road. And so the fucking ferry was even more fucking expensive? Yes. Fuck that. I hate capitalism. Yeah.
0: But, you know, he basically had a monopoly since... Because he owned that stretch of land. Because he made that road. So people are already fucking pissed at this guy. And then you get to Laurel Hill. Uh, Barlow Road was not great. It was just very rocky and, like, just all kinds of... Maybe it wasn't in great condition, I don't know, but Laurel Hill was the worst part. It was so steep that wagons had to be lowered down the slope with a block and tackle.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, and remember what I said about going down being worse than going up? Yes. It sounds like you would want to go down because that usually feels like it's easier, but when you're toting 12,000 pounds of
1: cargo, going down is very dangerous yeah especially if it hits your animals mm-hmm. you know if, if the wagon if the wagon brakes overpower your animals yeah everybody's dead
0: yeah so and then basically you're stuck. they're essentially like repelling down this slope with all of their possessions and them and their animals.
1: Guys, we should have just left Oregon alone. Yeah. They can have it. They can have it.
0: Um, So this puts travelers and their possessions at the mercy of whatever rope they brought with them. And resulted in, quote, more than a few wagons hurtling down the hill to end up in messy and often bloody wrecks. Because imagine your rope is not strong enough to hold 12,000 pounds and it snaps And the whole wagon starts hurtling down the hill. And, oh, what if
1: there's wagons in front of it, too? Jesus (laughs) Christ. maybe they went one at a time. I don't know. I would hope so. I should hope so. Like the diving board at a summer camp one at a time. The first Mm -hmm. one has to be clear before the next one can go. Yeah. Um, So
0: more than a few people met their deaths at the bottom of this hill. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. But those who did make it down alive... um, there was a more or less permanent camp at the bottom of the hill where migrants would stop, nurse wounds, and bury the dead. Wow. Yeah. So good good job for that. Um, the site of the camp is still there and it's now called Rhododendron Village. So you and people are in the process of um what's it called? Preserving. Preserving it, rebuilding it. Yes, restoring. Restoring. Restoring is the word I was looking for. Very good. I'm a museum person. Hey. <laughs> All this information, by the way, comes from an article called Graveyard of the Oregon Trail Still Said to be Haunted by Jin J.D. John um, from offbeat nice. Dot com. Dot com. Dot, com. Org. Com. Dot gov. Um, God, we're weird. <laughs> so it is being in the process of, I even fucking wrote the word restored in my notes. Um, <laughs> it's in the process of being fully restored to its 1890s glory. You know how you would have remembered
1: that? If you hand wrote it. On paper. They fuck off. <laughs> uh,
0: but there are multiple stories of this of the camp being haunted. First, it says that orbs have appeared in... You know what? I'm just going to fucking read this whole section.
1: Just yep. Live it with up. Me.
0: Um, orbs have appeared in photos taken of the old bunkhouses. Take that as you will. Yep. Uh, the buildings, which don't have much in the way of foundations, shake mysteriously as if under footsteps... Yikes. And most puzzling, puzzlingly, when an old piano with a mirror on the front of it was photographed, a woman's face
1: appeared in the mm. mirror as if she were playing it. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> that is. I don't care for that. That is bad. At all bad news. <laughs> I. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good without that. Why does mirror horror freak me out so bad? What is it about me and mirror glasses? You're like mirror scrying. Yeah. Well, I okay. Yeah, you're right. I guess it is what it is because mm-hmm. I know it's there. You know. I won't fuck with it. And again, I
0: will remember that there's a big ass antique mirror in my bedroom.
1: You don't have to have that there. You have it's, a whole ass house. It's a family heirloom. Put it in a different room. Just put it in a different room. You have a whole-ass house now, Jen. I do, but it's in my room because it's pretty. Oh, my
2: God.
0: (laughs) So far, everything's fine. Well, that's good. Anyway, um, continuing on, there's also a door in the old mess hall between the cook's sleeping quarters and the kitchen area that is reputed to open by itself every day at around 4 a.m. The theory is that a ghostly cook is getting up to start fixing breakfast. I kind of love that idea. Yeah, that one is kind of cute. Um, And then volunteers in 2001 found a pair of rock-covered graves, a pioneer grave, and a Native American grave near the mess hall. Of course, a photo was taken. When the film was developed, the strange orbs were hovering over them. I love that. Yeah. That sounds
1: like a fun place. It does. To visit. We'll add it to our Oregon Trail road trip.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so do you want to hear a listener story? I always want to hear from our listeners. So, yes, out was my elbow. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. That is some old people bullshit right there.
2: Mm. I
1: just... Your bones is a crack. My bones is a crack <laughs> Yeah, I got I'm old as fuck. All right, so yeah. Okay, so this story comes
0: from Tori T. Tori T. I don't I'm, know if they're a podcast group person. I don't know. If you are, make yourself known. Yeah. Um, so they write in, um, hello, my name is Tori, I'm 24 years old, and found your podcast today as in in April.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Tori, <laughs> we have a backlog.
0: That's fine. Um, and I wish I found it sooner. I was sharing a ghost story of mine today, and I figured I can send it to you guys. I have two, I'm just going to read one, because we'll save we'll, the other one for later. Yeah, we'll revisit Tori. Um, okay, so here it goes. I was 11 years old when this happened to me. I tell people this story all the time. The reason I believe in ghosts. I was living in California with my mom and her husband in 2005 and I had my own room. My bed was against the wall and this night I was sleeping facing the wall. I'm not sure what woke me up, but I remember rolling over to see two little girls who looked like the same age as me at the time.
2: Play with us. Right? Exactly <laughs> where my head went. Exactly where my head went.
0: Yeah. They were standing next to my bed. I sat up and they didn't move. I didn't move. I was terrified. One of the girls stood in front of the other and had a bright light outlining her. She she seemed happy and was smiling. The girl behind her hid a little bit. No smile. Dark clothes. Dark hair. Dark light around her.
2: Huh. Huh. Yeah.
0: I heard giggling.
1: Nope. Nope. (laughs) And they went and disappeared into my closet. They like like walked in there or they got like astrally sucked in there? That's a good question. Like kind of like an astral vacuum cleaner. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, I ran out of my room and told my mom what just happened. She told me that I didn't sleep in my room for about a week after that. Who can blame you? That is correct. Uh, I never did see them again, but the giggles are still in my head. I'm not positive who the little girls were. I'm not sure if ghosts um, if ghosts age at all or, it can, or can appear to be different ages, but I did have a friend when I was younger who all, I always played with at an after-school program, and one day she didn't show up. Turns out she had died in a car accident along oh. with one of her parents. So I always thought she might be the happy and smiling ghost girl.
1: I hope that she was. I hope that's so. That's really sad. Yeah, mm. I'm sorry for your loss, dear. Yeah.
0: Ah, well, but thank you for sending in that yeah. story. <laughs> I didn't realize it ended on that.
1: <laughs> no, <So>. it, was, <laughs> it was brief but perfect. I love a touch of melancholy. Yeah. Because, I mean, really, ultimately what we're talking about is death. And it's death is death and often sad. Exactly. Mine won't be. Mine's going to be the party to end all parties. You should all be there. Mm-hmm. There will be a bounce house. I'll be in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just gonna toss my rigged corpse in it and everybody make it bounce. <laughs> yep. And the night with a <sighs> fireworks show. Oh boy! There will be sparklers and s'mores mm-hmm. and a clown just to freak people out. Thank you. Oh, Thank did you, you hear my elbow again? That was your elbow. That was my same elbow. You are dying. I am. This is the this end. party's gonna be next year. Yep.
0: Book it now. Well, on a fucking depressing note. I'm with more exciting news. What?
1: Oh, right, right, right. right. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. I was like, no, we they, we already told you We're about done. Your house. No, <laughs> and we quit. No, we're, no. Kidding. we're totally kidding. <laughs> Quite the opposite. We're
0: hoping to make some money off you guys.
1: I mean, a little bit.
0: Is that the wrong way to start, guys? We started our Patreon. Yeah, it's going live. You wanted today. extra stuff. When we're this giving is you extra stuff. Yeah, so um, we have caved and we are trying to sell out. We do this show for free and we love doing this show and we will continue doing this show for free. We are not asking you, we are not mandating anyone to pay for anything. I myself listen to several podcasts and pay for none of them because I'm
1: poor. That's right.
0: But if you do have the means to toss us a couple dollars. Here and there. And you feel like this has been worth it. We would love to take that money. <laughs>
1: um, Can you tell we feel a little awkward about it?
0: We do, but we're gonna try to make it worth your time. Yeah. So we are starting small because we, we are small. Are small, and we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, and we don't want to promise too much that we can't deliver. So. Um, if you are interested and want to head over to patreon.com slash haunted, you can follow along with us. Uh, we're just starting with two tiers. We're doing like a simple $1 tier that's $12 a year. That's not too much. That's, you know, a good meal at Panera. My favorite place. <laughs> 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 or if you, um, and I, and I will say all patrons, we will... New patrons we will thank personally on the show. We care very much, and we are very thankful and grateful for you supporting us at all when you do not have to. Again, we do this for free, and we will continue to do this for free. So we will be very grateful and give you a nice shout-out on the show. Uh, But if you want to chip in a couple extra bucks a month, that's $3 a month. For thirty six dollars a year total, I've done the math. Uh, we are gonna start doing some like monthly videos, like some Q and As or some little oh. themed chats. Kate's a big fan of doing a the theme. I do love a theme. Yeah, so um, we we don't know what it's gonna be. Maybe we'll just talk about our favorite Broadway shows. Maybe we'll. I mean, it doesn't have to be. Yo,
1: I'm just I'm just saying, karaoke show. Oh, we should totally do a karaoke show. Okay. This I literally just had this idea. Okay. You, okay, I'll do a karaoke show. No, You I'll can do introduce it. me.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, we're going to do some kind of video once a month, and that will be on our Patreon. And we're going to give it a go, and we're going to try it out, and we're going to try our best because we really want to make it something that's worth your time and
1: money. Right. <laughs> so uh, we know that there's also a great deal of interest in merchandise. I've been asked about buttons and stickers mm-hmm. and T-shirts this week. Oh. Uh, I swear to God, we're working on we it. We are
0: working on it. Um, it's, it's actually harder than you think. Well, we have to like figure out where we're going to source it and how we're going to... We, well, thank you guys for coming up with all those wonderful, so much wonderful fun. ideas. Hasn't
1: that been great? It's been so much yeah, fun to enjoy everybody's like creative process. Yeah,
0: but we want to work hard to finalize... Designs for things and like make things that look really nice and really awesome and are quality and and
1: we need to still have a business meeting about the things that you guys have sent us. We're sorry we haven't had a chance to do yeah. that yet. Uh, Jen just bought a house and I work all the time. Yeah, so we're, we're fucking busy, but we're not too busy. To we will do get this done for you guys this. slash us. Yes. Um. Thank you for seriously thank you for listening. Uh. We would still be doing this even if you weren't because we're insane narcissists. Yeah. But it's really nice to have. People who kind of give a shit, and special shout out to the Facebook group nicest corner of people on the whole internet. Mm-hmm. Everybody's um, so nice there.
0: Yeah, and thank you for bringing up the Facebook group because even though we are trying to sell out by starting a Patreon, we do. It would be really nice to make some money off of this, but we do not want that to be at the expense
1: of no. Any, we're not going to leave our community
0: anyone's community. Like we are still going to be. Very invested in the Facebook group. And also, like, we also want that group to be about you guys. And, like, so it's not just about us running it. Like, if you guys want to, like, make that your own thing,
1: mazel tov. Like, yeah, that's great. You know what I want enough money to do? Hmm. I want heat out here. I want yeah. heat in the studio. <laughs> we do have some heat.
0: We just have to turn it off while we record. And then we get really cold in the winter. Yep. So
1: that would be a goal. That, that would be, be a, a great goal. That would goal. be super dope. Imagine um, if we had quiet heat out here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sometimes we end the podcast early, guys, because we're just too cold to carry on. <laughs> like, I'll tell Jen off mic. I got, we got to wrap up. Yeah. I'm done.
0: Yeah. Uh, but again, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, thank you in advance, some of you who might choose to donate. And we will be uh, thanking you personally on the show uh, when that happens. Um, Jen,
1: thanks for lightly bullying me into doing a podcast with you. Yeah, I can't believe that people listen to our bullshit voluntarily god bless <laughs> guys we're so grateful for you uh uh everybody peace in your creases mm-hmm. and uh follow us
0: on social media uh find our discussion group it's this podcast is on a discussion group the greatest spot on the internet
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and um stay spooky motherfuckers damn right